0: We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Welcome
1: back in the show. Appreciate you joining us here Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. Let me tell you a little story. So when I was, I was living in Lawrence, so home of the Kansas Jayhawks, you know, like an hour outside of Kansas City and UFC came to town. This is like five years ago and i had a friend's bachelor party night before so you know it was a rough one it was a rough friday night but i decided you know what i'm gonna get out there i have to see the fights they're in my town and i did it you know it's like an hour drive and i'm glad that i did i saw thug rose it was the night that uh, robert Whitaker took out jacarazos so it was uh demetrius johnson put his belt on the line it was a lot of fun it was a great card kind of like what happened today ufc long island can you imagine can you just imagine Living a couple hours away, you know, like in Philly, like our producer, Jake Noah and deciding not to make the drive to go see what ended up being one of the best cards, if not the best UFC card so far of the year. So we'll talk about that in our final segment when he joins us right now, Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Let's break down what we're going to see next week. UFC London Set your alarm because it's another day card, you know, because of the time difference overseas. Uh, The... Main card begins with Alexander Gustafsson. Who knew? Taking on Nikita Krylov. Krylov is the favorite at minus two hundred. Does Gus have one more inning? At plus one seventy.
0: Yeah, I think so. It doesn't seem like uh, the biggest challenge in the world. Like Krylov's lost four out of his last six, and those wins are over OSP and, Gus. Which, and uh, yeah, but his wins are against OSP and Johnny Walker. What I'm saying is, like, it's not the biggest challenge in the world he's coming into. Um, I still believe in in Gustafson's pedigree. Yeah, it was a it was he hasn't fought in two years, and that was a fight at heavyweight. He got knocked out by Verdum. Um, I think he does. I I kind of like I buy into the uh, the comeback from, from Gus to to come on in there and and maybe get one more and 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 turn back the clock a little bit. How old is he? Is he is he forty?
1: Oh, he's closer to seventy. No, he's got to be
0: forty at this point, right?
1: That's the funny thing is when Gus fought John the second time around, that everybody was thinking it was going to be the same fight. And ever since then, not only was it not the same fight as the first time, those guys went down. Like he really hasn't looked like Gus since. How old? is He, he uh,
0: thirty-five. He's thirty-five. That's
1: not old. You're aging, man. That's not old. That's, That's he's, not old he's for an a old fighter. He's an old thirty-five. Like when you told me Max was thirty the other day i told you to check
0: your googles I right it turns out
1: he's just an old 30 like he's but been think, in the game for really, but think really about that time.
0: then he hasn't so he hasn't fought since he's 33 years old that's pretty weird to to be out of that's the game cool. at 33 i don't know i think if it was a it's like they're giving him uh i don't feel like was a monster you know minus 200 favorite i don't know maybe i'll sprinkle it on uh, on old gus you know and and see if he can if he can come through for me gus he, he did retire
1: he, he he did retire
0: in the middle of that. I don't know if you're forgetting, but like Yeah, but he's years come years back, you know. Who, you not, know not. it's all right. Okay. Going back to the you know, going going um, back to where it all started, two five. It, it was a very uh Tom Brady
1: ish type retirement. Like, bro, if you're gonna go away, you gotta actually go away for a little while, but Neither one of them did. Uh, working our way up the main card, Paul Craig comes in as a slight underdog, plus one thirty, against Vulcan Ozdemir at minus one fifty. Which way are you leaning on that one?
0: This one, I, another one. I don't, I don't really get Paul Craig being, uh, being an underdog here. Kind of, kind of weird to me. Like he's, he hasn't lost in six fights. He's on a four fight win streak. Ozdemir's lost a couple in a row. He had a split decision win against Rockets. I mean, New, Rockets is doing the damn thing, but I mean, Ozdemir had that terrible loss to Uri Prahaska where he got turned into a meme um I don't get Craig I feel like there's value in Craig here plus 124 is the dog in this one plus
1: 130 looks a little bit too good to be true against Vulcan Ostomir you got to pay 150 if you want to play him all right the three cards at the top of the key are just awesome and they're going to get that stadium rocking Patty Pemblett comes in as a minus 255 versus Jordan Levitt At plus 210, I don't know, man, like I'm trying to talk myself into betting against Patty only because it feels like, and I saw last time, that 82% of the money came in on him, which tells me that they're going to probably lean the odds a little bit too much in his favor. Minus 255, I've seen in some places as high as minus 300. Are you willing to pay that for Patty Patty Pimple?
0: yeah it's funny before we brought on eric tonight i was that was the one that stood out to me like laying out tonight's uh next week's odds i was like man jordan levitt's uh is a two-to-one underdog in this one i feel like listen, i'm glad that patty Pimblett's kind of going into better competition because people compare him to o'malley all the time so i do feel like he's taking on guys you know off the bat so credit to him um but i am i I agree i do feel like that's uh, it feels like his name is getting him the action there more so than necessarily how good he is Uh, you know i definitely feel like i would just be going more on Levitt just the value of him because i think that you know i I feel like it's just too much for patty pimblett and don't it's not that i don't think he can win it's not like i think he sucks i think he's a really good fighter i am a little bit worried though that he's going full ricky hatton on us and like getting really fat between fights like that that that, does that worry you at all because he is the boy's getting big during the during the breaks
1: No, it doesn't bother me. The fatter, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Like I once put on eight pounds between a segment that we did and then the next segment, so I have no problem with overeating in a short period of time. I agree with you, though. A lot of comparisons between Patty and Sean. I don't think we're ever going to see those guys in an octagon together. Which one do you think is further ahead of pace, though, in their career? Because it always seems like it's as much bark than bite. People always want to talk about the hair and the memes and the social media and all those different things as far as the fight game goes which one's further ahead in their career sean or patty Uh,
0: it's hard for me to say because it feels like patty's probably a bigger deal over there because he's been such a big deal on the on the european scene for such a long time so i feel like i'm coming at this from a very american angle but i'm gonna say sean from a fame standpoint because it feels like we've been waiting for the sugar show to start but i feel like if he wins this like he's further along because he's just going through the test and I, he doesn't strike me as a guy. I'm here to take the slow roll. Like he's already been a champion in other promotions. He wants to kind of hit the ground running and prove himself. So I feel like I'm going to go, I'm going to lean Patty a little bit, just because it's just been such a slow roll with Sean. Um, and that whole IPO thing though, not his fault. It's not like it was intentional. eye poke. It just kind of adds on top of the fact that we're kind of out of the gates, uh, slow here with him.
1: And to me, Patty can't have that type of thing happen. And I'm not talking about an eye poke or a nut hit or anything like that. I'm talking about he has to go out there and entertain. Like, that's his whole thing. That's the reason why he has the eyeballs on him. Not that he can't one day fight for a title, but you got to go out there and you have to win in an entertaining fashion if you're at the point that Patty Pimblet is. So, I mean, I know you can't get paid too much. I think I saw it at plus 195 or 200 for Patty to win. By knockout. I think I might have to put a little bit on that and then play Switzerland and play the other side too. And you know, that's your special to, just a little bit.
0: You must love that Hermanson's fighting.
1: Dude, here's the thing about Hermanson, okay? Here's here's the thing about Hermanson. When he was fighting against Darren Till, I was ready to unload my bank account on Hermanson because you know I think Darren Till's the most overrated fighter in the entire promotion. And I feel a little bit bad for him because he came out and he was talking about like the mental health aspect and all that, so you never wanna pour it on somebody. That being said, I've got a couple of rules in this fight game, in this betting game, and I do not bet against Chris Curtis. The first time I heard his name, like a couple of years ago, I put down a little bit of bread on him, he won. I thought, okay, I gotta bet on him next time. One, by knockout. Next time, okay, I gotta bet this guy by knockout. One, by knockout. And then value bet last time, remember I was texting you guys, I got him at nine to one to win his bet by decision and he dominated his last fight. So Chris Curtis versus Jack Hermanson to me is a little bit dicier, although I'm still going to put a lot of money on Chris Curtis. I love that guy and he's been on fire now for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean you have to love the idea, you know, he's he's undefeated in the UFC. This would be his fifth fight in the span of a year. I mean that's you know I, I love guys that stay that active. That's really great. You know Hermanson uh, it's funny enough. You were mentioning your KC card. He was the last, he headlined the last, uh, fight that was down here in South Florida. It wasn't in Miami. It was in sunrise, which is like a place that's in uh, Broward County, a little bit North, uh, in the Everglades, mm. but he beat and he beat be And surely enough, he beat be Jacare Sosa. It was supposed to be Yo Romero. Right. It was supposed to be make a lot. You'd be like a oh, Jack Hermanson. Like, yo, it makes a lot more sense to have Yo Romero in South Florida, but, uh, Hermanson ended up winning that fight. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the Sean Strickland fight—it was just kind of ho hum. Like it was one of those where, like, I'm not gonna crush him for it. it I, I wasn't that thrilled with her man, with uh, Strickland's win, so you know, I didn't feel like he got the doors blown off him. But I'm with you, man. Like you, you ride the hot hand. Chris Curtis has been fantastic lately. Um, it's not that overwhelming of a favorite where it scares me off uh, from him. Uh, so I feel like uh, I feel like the Joker here. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, man. You know, all all love to you, but. I enjoyed watching you fight in front of me that that one time, but I'm not going to go with you here.
1: And, I mean, if I have to wait and the number goes even up a little bit, like if I have to pay minus 150 for Chris Curtis in this fight, I'm willing to do so, and I'll just take the risk that it could go the other way, right? Because I'd love to get this thing closer to a pick-em. All right, let's talk about next week's London main event. My boy, eh, our boy, friend of the show, he joined us before his last fight, Tom Aspinall, takes on Curtis Razor Blades. This would be an interesting one because Aspinall hasn't really had to go too deep in his UFC fights. Curtis Blades has shown that if he goes in the deep waters, he's just fine. Blades comes in as a very slight underdog at about plus 110, depending on where you bet. You're going to have to pay minus 130 for Aspinall. And damn it, BT, you know I'm willing to do it. I think Tom Aspinall, even still, even still, now that he's getting a little bit of love and he's headlining cards, is wildly underrated and i think within a calendar year he's got that heavyweight belt wrapped around his waist.
0: Yeah, i i do want to give you credit for saying he's your boy because even before we had him on the show you've been talking about aspinall So i'm happy that you're sticking on his side. Like normally you I are should, uh you are basket robbins, you like to sprinkle the action all over the place. Um i was leaning asphalt right. i got to say, you know, Eric with that whole study thing did shake me a little bit. I'm like, you know what? That's some pretty damn good research and if you guys missed it earlier um he basically, uh, Eric Richter from the Post came on and he said that he did a study where he was talking about the opening favorite and the action from the public swinging him to an underdog and that basically it was overwhelming that the books were right. So Blades, who started off a favorite and now it's swung towards he's the dog on this, I think he's got a good point. Like Curtis Blades, I feel like, if you want to talk about underrated, I do feel like he's like the ultimate underrated top contender because he's been obliterated by the champion twice. So it's almost like you dismiss him as a champion because when you lose to the 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 guy who has the belt that badly, no one's ever going to think of him as championship good. But he is like, and he's and he's not these typical wrestlers who are tip, you know boring, lay on you. He is as vicious a, brown, a ground and pound guy as there is in the sport. Like he will obliterate you. It's a big test for Tom Aspinall, and I don't think that. I don't want to just say he doesn't have the experience because it's not like I think Curse Blades only been five rounds once in his career, even if he's had main events. The guy's also a finisher. Um, both very well-rounded guys. I, I, I think I'm going to see how this goes with the action. I, but, but if you're going to give me Blades as a dog, I think I'm going to ride with the Razor. I think I am, man. I think that speaks to me. What do you make of the action-changing
1: hands like that? And not just necessarily with this fight, but we've seen that. I think he said like 80, 90-something times historically. What has to happen? Like if it was a football game, okay, the Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. Then you find out Patrick Mahomes is out. All of a sudden, it's a pick That makes plenty of sense. In the fight game, how does this happen where Tom Aspinall opened at about a, I saw a plus 105, and now he's as heavy as a minus 140 in some places. Like, what?
0: I don't know i don't know if that's like a i don't know if that's a british thing and like there's a lot of action coming in on him because he had that performance against volkov in the o2 arena and everybody's just saying history is going to repeat itself i think people probably look like again i do think there's a little bit of curtis blades being underrated by the public because he the way he's lost to certain guys like people don't think that he is championship quality because he has been obliterated when he's lost he's lost in spectacular fashion right so it's not like he's got these split decision losses or, oh man, that really, went to, he's not a hard luck loser. Like when he's lost, he's lost in memorable fashion doing Ganu and Derek Lewis. And I think that's put in the public's mind a hard way for people to think this guy could be champion one day. Whereas Aspinall, I think people really, I think everybody kind of hopped on your hype train that you were building to your credit. Everybody hopped on that bandwagon after winning his Polkov because everybody was saying the last time around, oh, this is a main event bright lights we were talking to him about it he was very asking like, I don't know I'm gonna handle it I mean he handled it amazingly he went out there and and, and stole the show and, uh, on a show that was hard to steal because of the way Molly McCann was and Patty Pimble was to top all to, to top them all a lot of pressure on that for, for Tom Aspinall so I think it's a lot of that I think people are starting to get on the Aspinall bandwagon and they don't necessarily believe in Curtis Blades and I kind of think that's a mistake I feel like Curtis Blades in this case I think that he's still good enough to get the win.
1: You mentioned a hard luck loser. That's a good way to describe Brian Ortega. We've talked about what it means for Yair. He's probably got now another step to fight for the actual belt, if not two. In the case of Ortega, it's tough because of an injury. Although, what do you think it means for him? A guy that's fought for the title, what not once but twice now. Probably his best days behind it.
0: I don't think he goes down too much just because of the way it happened. Like, it's not like he was getting crushed. I thought that was getting the better on the feet, but yeah, it's like if there's going to be a case where Emmett and Yair are going to fight for either the interim belt or the number one contendership, then I guess, what does he do? He just kind of sits out here and is sticking in the breeze. I think he's probably honestly, if he's rooting for anything, he's probably rooting for Volkanovsky to go to lightweight so he can get back in the mix there.
1: So, we've got some other news and notes to take care of in the final segment. We will recap what happened in Long Island. We'll talk a little bit more about what's going down next week. You'll see London. It's a great, great card and call out time. All that goes down in the final segment. And then you'll be tapped out right here on the BetQL network.